Thank you for checking out this episode of Raised on the Radio from the CEP Network. If you like what you hear, do us a favor and hit that subscribe button on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts and give us that five-star rating. Maybe even leave a review to let others know what you think of the show. And while you're at it, give us a like and a share on the socials and tell all your friends about the variety that you get right here on the CEP Network. The CEP Network has a promo code for one of the best nutrition and supplement companies in the business for you to use. Whether you're looking for a custom oatmeal, a multivitamin, a great tasting protein that you can order by the pound, are simply looking for a company you know you can trust to send you the best quality products available, True Nutrition has you covered. Just go to truenutrition.com, look at all of the great products, place your order, and when you go to make your payment, type in CEPN in the promo code box for 5% off of your entire order. It is that easy. We here at the CEP Network are always looking for sponsorship and collaboration opportunities. If you or anyone you know has a business they're looking to promote in 2022 and want to be a part of our network, reach out and let's see what we can do. Just a reminder, you can head over to buyjack.com CEP and get a hold of all kinds of Raised on the Radio merch such as hoodies, tees, tanks, mugs, and koozies. Everyone looks great in Raised on the Radio swag. In this episode, Patrick and I chat about our Christmases or lack thereof. We talk NFL and injuries. We talk about the recent trend of artists selling their music and so much more. If you'd like to get a hold of Patrick Blair or myself, you can reach out on email or on the social medias. You can reach us at RaisedOnTheRadioSTL at gmail.com or at the Raised on the Radio's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok pages. As always, if you have any questions, concerns, comments, or topics you would like to get our thoughts on, don't hesitate to reach out. And now let's get into this episode. Well, hello there. Thank you for checking out this episode of Raised on the Radio. I am one half of the show. I am Colt Brocato, my good friend Patrick Blair, Zoomland, you know the deal by now. Uh, We are the day after Christmas. I know things were uh, a bit on the lighter side for you guys because you guys kind of did your own thing, right? Again, for the second season to be merry (laughs) or to be uh, sick, I guess. Right. I guess. Um, Yeah, we didn't do anything. I I was going to do a Christmas background for this, but I'm already over it. I'm already over Christmas. It was not dude. Christmas Eve. My wife is working. Of course, treating all nothing but COVID patients. So I take my son. I'm like, dude, it's it's 70 degrees and sunny. I'm going to get out of the house. So now not going to public necessarily but walk my son to a nearby park and we're the only ones there and we're just chilling in the park i mean and i take a photo i'm like it's christmas eve yeah in the midwest and it's 70 degrees and sunny mm-hmm. me me and my son are in t-shirts right bizarre thing number one uh going into that day i knew of one family member that had covid okay so and actually a close family member. So it kind of threw a wrench into the whole Christmas plans. You know, um, this family member was quarantined. The rest of the family had to wait to get tested. Luckily, everyone else came back negative, but they still were like, "Yeah, you were we're done. No, no." So that throws a whole wrench into it. And then about middle of the day, Christmas Eve, I find out that twelve, dare I say, twelve total people in my family that I would have seen yesterday have COVID. And this is all just your side of the family, right? Oh, yeah. Wow. And this is just one side of my family. 
right? Gotcha, yeah. Uh, which is the side that we mainly see on Christmas. We don't, you know, but and then so my wife finds out yesterday that she has two people, which we would have seen yesterday. Uh, found out yesterday that they had COVID. They have COVID. Um, so, yeah, we didn't do anything. We stayed in and just did Christmas with our son and, uh, you know, talked about the good old coronavirus and how much we love it and how how much it's changed our lives for the better, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, whatever. I it, That's why I said I'm just over it. It, it, it. Christmas is done as far as I'm concerned. You know, it's it just it doesn't feel like it at all this year, man. I mean, not it, I mean, not I mean, a big part of it is the fact that it was 70 degrees yesterday. Uh, you know, when well, we were, yesterday wasn't 70, but it was still it, it wasn't Christmas. Right. Like we could have done Christmas on the porch if we wanted to yeah. yesterday. It was still that warm. It's it's weird, but it kind of worries me because they keep saying that with it being as warm as it has been this late in the year that we're going to get demolished by snow and ice here in the next month or so, like for a while. I don't know if it's going to happen or not, but. Oh, where are they saying that? On the news? <laughs> you believe that, huh? Maybe. That's interesting. Maybe. My I mom do. said that to me because we didn't see my parents. My mom said that to me. She's like, we're going to get hit hard. January. That's what she said. I know. <laughs> okay. It'll be fine. <laughs> we're a modern society. We can deal with it. We've done it before. I was going to say something. Uh, shit. I can't. Oh, yeah. Another thing. It, yeah, it just didn't. It, I know it's at this point, it's probably cliche to say this, but it just didn't feel like Christmas. Not to mention the fact that I got to yet again watch the Browns blow another game or lose a close game in a game that they should have won. And I had to watch it on Christmas. Dude, man. Sitting okay, by the tree. So, Dude, man. I don't even want to get into it. I don't even want to get into it. Go ahead. You were about to say something disrespectful. I know you were. I, you know, I wasn't actually because they still. It was still a very close game for Baker Mayfield to throw four interceptions, and three of them turned into touchdowns. Three of them turned into touchdowns. Two of them there should have been penalties called, which would have eliminated the interception, but the refs did not call it. Um, the first one is was more questionable, but the one that ended the game that should have been a pass interference call all day. You can't hold on to a guy's jersey for five fucking seconds. Yeah, you just can't. Yeah. Uh, now with that said, that's still a very tight window to be throwing the ball into when you're trying to win a game, especially when you've been running the ball down their throat the entire game. Yeah. They didn't give the ball to Nick Chubb once during that drive, three straight pass plays. It's almost like the coaching staff, especially Kevin Stefanski, their head coach is trying to, to prove to the rest of the world that Baker can do it on his own. And I'm really quite sick of it. He doesn't need to do it on his own. You have one of the most talented offenses in the NFL. You have the most talented running game. And we're also, arguably with the best running back. Give the ball to Nick Chubb. Yeah, we're also talking about a Baker Mayfield who hasn't been able to do much over the past week or two because he's been quarantined. That's neither here nor there. He's a professional quarterback. Well, I, you should know. I, I understand that, but I still that. a I week or that. two is a thing, you know, is a thing. So you're saying it's like ring rust? Well, I mean, not, maybe not that bad. No, I, I'm not giving him that. Dude, look, I'm a Baker, <laughs> Mayfield, I'm a Baker Mayfield defender, but I at some point even have to go. All right, man, I don't really give a shit who our quarterback is. I don't care if it's Baker Mayfield. I don't care if it's Case Keenum. I don't care if it's Nick Mullins. I just want to make the playoffs, and I just want to go to the Super Bowl so I can shit my pants. So now it's look almost to the point where Browns fans would be okay 
with just going to the Super Bowl, not even winning it. Just getting there would be there could be there would be old men that would go, I could die. (laughs) I could die now. Seriously. They'll probably go drown themselves in the fucking lake. Like, dude. Fuck. It is what it do. The worst part is, is a a diehard fan like myself is still hanging on to the season because they're not out of it by any means. They could still fucking win their division. Yeah. Which is the craziest thing. Yeah. Because their last two games are against Cincinnati, who's leading the division right now. If Cincinnati loses today, you're right in the driver's seat. Yeah. You beat them next week. You have the same record. You're tied for first place in your division. And then they end the season with Pittsburgh. So, and then they would split with Pittsburgh. So splitting with Pittsburgh and having the better record would automatically eliminate Pittsburgh. It's like, dude, they're still in the driver's seat and they could still make the playoffs and win the division, which is the crazy. So of course my dumb ass is like, here we go. I I just want to be able to be like, all right, it's over. Now I'm just watching to watch, but I'm invested still. (laughs) You know what, you know what was something interesting to me that I, that I seen the other day is that nobody's talking about it. Maybe because it's the teams that have been playing, but you know who has the longest winning streak in the NFL right now? What? It's not the Patriots anymore. It uh-uh. would be the Rams. Miami. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. They've won six straight. Yeah. Put themselves in the playoff contention. Yeah, and we're still not talking about Miami. Uh, we shouldn't be. <laughs> they're, they're not. They're not. <laughs> we shouldn't be. <laughs> I'm excited to see. I haven't heard, heard what they're doing with Teddy Bridgewater yet. If he, how long he's going to be out? Uh, but I am excited to see Drew Locke play. You know things are just going poorly if you say something like that. Why? Because he's not. He's not good, man. We haven't got to see it. Yeah. Okay. He got. He he, he well, was doing good. well until he got injured. How many games are you going to give him before you go? Okay, we need another quarterback. Mm, I don't know. We'll see. Depends okay. on depends on how well he plays. What was Bridgewater's injury? I never I never saw. I don't concussion. I guess. I mean, he he jumped in the air and landed on his head. Uh, but they didn't take his his helmet off. Now I don't know if they were afraid of like brain swelling uh, or something like that from hitting his head, and that's why they didn't take the like they took the face mask off of the helmet but left his helmet on. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what that means. He might need to call it a day, dude. How many times has he been knocked out? Bad. I mean, at least twice that we know of that was, like, really bad. Well, the one against the Rams when he was Viking. God, yeah. How many years ago is that now? I guess it was the Rams the last season in St. Louis, right? I think so. Yeah, I um, think so. God. That was a bad one, dude. Yeah. Like, oof. Wasn't there, uh, an, wasn't there another one? Who was the uh, – was it the Chargers that had the same kind of deal? In the end zone, um, guy caught it, and as soon as he hit the ground, his arms just went stiff. This was like two weeks ago. Uh, I don't know. I didn't see that. I think it was the charge. It was scary, dude. Like He had the ball in his hands, and as soon as he hit the ground, his arms just laid stiff there, just like in a in UFC if somebody gets knocked out cold and they're just stiff. Yeah. That's what happened when he hit the ground. Yeah. yeah. It's freaky. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit, but hey, it's football. It's, I mean, it is uh, what they do for a living. So yeah, I, I mean, and they've they've softened the game up so much now that Look, I guess oh, you're seeing it less, but you're still going to see it. Yeah, here's 
here's a question. Okay, so I, I seen this on an article somewhere the other day, but they were talking about diff, uh, different things you could do to change like stats in the NFL. And a couple of them intrigued me. One being like, should it be on the quarterback as an interception if they throw the ball and it goes through the hands of the receiver? And then the other team get, always, gets it. I've always said no. I agree with that. It gets a little bit murky, though. Because, because of the listen, throw? It, because of the throw and if they could have caught it even though they touched it? One of those kinds of things? Yeah. The, 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 the rule always was on the field, you know, if it hits your hands, you should be catching it, period. Mm-hmm. Now, that's easy to say, but if you're playing with a quarterback like, I don't know, Baker Mayfield, who tends to underthrow and overthrow quite often, <laughs> you're having to do a lot to get your hands up to that ball. So then I don't know if it's so much on the wide receiver as it is the quarterback. I've always said that because, again, I'm, uh, you know, unfortunately in the position to be rooting for a heartbreaking NFL team. So, you know, but I, you know, I don't know. I, 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 I think so, but they, they, they'll, they'll never do it because again, it, it just, there's too much gray area there where if it's a bad throw, you can't blame the receiver. The receiver did all they could, but you know, it is what it is. Right. I heard something and I, I, I think, you know, of my hatred for Aaron Rodgers by now, but um, last night, Troy Aikman said something that really made me upset and it was about Aaron Rodgers. Uh, can't remember who the receiver was that he dropped the pass in the end zone and Aaron Rodgers was like shaking his head and Troy Aikman goes now Aaron Rodgers is one of those guys it takes a long time to gain his trust he won't throw you the ball I'm paraphrasing but like he won't trust you and he won't get you the ball if you're going to drop it oh it was Lazar Lazara Lazar whatever the guy's name Lazar's is Lazar's the one that caught his record-breaking catch yesterday yes but yeah. then he dropped one okay. I want to say the following following drive but okay. so Lazar dropped it and he goes Lazar might have to work back to the regain that trust Aaron Rodgers doesn't like that I'm like man he really sounds like an awesome teammate to play with fuck him and his stupid fat head and his terrible hair I hate that guy I cannot tell you how happy I'll be when we are a Tom in a Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers free NFL. I yeah. can't keep saying it enough. Yeah. I can't wait. Why did ESPN do another documentary about Tom Brady? Oh, they did Man on the field or whatever it is. I didn't yeah. see it. Huh? Fuck off. No one cares. The, the last preview, the last commercial I saw was when they lost to the giants the second time, how heartbreaking that was. Like Giselle was sad for him and it cuts to him. He's like, oh, we lost again. You'll be okay. No one cares about this story anymore. You 50-year-old fuck. Go retire. Go do something else. Ugh. Do you, the sad uh, part is, is we're probably going to see those two play each other in the NFC Championship. Ugh. How is... Okay, I might have said this before, but I said it again yesterday to my family while watching the game. How is Aaron Rodgers not 46 years old? Does he not look 46? Like, how is he not older than Tom Brady? Well, I think there are a couple couple of things you could attribute to that <laughs> with Tom Brady's face. If you look at it, it doesn't look real, does it? Um, so I think that might be a huge difference right there. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think we're going to see Aaron Rodgers for many more years. Good. Bye-bye. Beat it. I'm done. I'm done with you. 
the, the funniest thing is, is imagine he has that one Super Bowl, which at this point is ancient history. He's never been back. He hasn't won more than one. He won the first one, the beginning of his career. To be honest with you, what was that? That was 09. You could call that an inherited offense. Just saying. They didn't build that offense around him from the ground up. That was Brett Favre's offense that they started building, and then he inherited a lot of it. Now, that's not fair to say necessarily because it's a team. You have to play the position. Yeah. But I hate him, so I'm going to say it. <laughs> Imagine if he hadn't won that Super Bowl, how different would the opinion of him, of him be? Yeah, the stats would be great, but he would be Dan Marino. Yeah, it'd be one of those where, yeah, the stats are great, but you still don't have a ring. You don't have a ring. Yeah. Eli's got two. Fucking fangled tooth fucking Eli has two. <laughs> Peyton has two. Hey, did you, speaking of them, did you see that so did you see that Thursday Night Football is going to go to Amazon? Uh, no. So Amazon is acquiring Thursday Night Football, and they're I think they're acquiring Eli and Peyton also. So do I have to pay more for Amazon Prime now? I don't know. I don't know if it's a Prime thing or how that works. I don't know. Dude, I'm Jesus. telling you, like even our sports are going to get away from regular cable, I think, too. Well, primetime will never go away. Primetime's always going to be on your your major networks, right? Yeah. That's never going to go away. But Thursday night, Monday night, Christmas Day games, all that good stuff, eh, maybe. Yeah. I mean, Amazon's got a fuck ton of money, but I think the, the major networks will do what they can to protect their entity status as they are now to, to sort of acquire those. Like you're never going to see the Super Bowl on Amazon. Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 I didn't mean like the entire no. organization goes well, straight to one. Does Amazon have enough money to get into a bidding war with the major networks to be the home of the Super Bowl? Yeah. Right. They do. Now, do they want to do the, do they really want to go down that road? Probably not, but it's possible. We might see that someday. Well, I mean, not th- these, these huge entity corporations are, you know, they're going to get into any business that they can, I think, at, at some point. I mean, like Apple, they're getting into health and things now, too. Like It's, I don't know, it's 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 weird, but it's the road we're going down. Um, it is, even in music. Okay. Especially in music. How about that? Okay. So you, are you, I'm sure you have a ton of questions. Anytime you text me something music related, I, I know that there's a, a, <laughs> a list of a laundry list of follow up questions you might have. But you sent me, I, I don't even know if you, you might have asked me, is this good or bad? But you know, musicians, artists, whatever, selling their catalog. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Now, before I say, is it good or bad? Because again, I've done a little bit of research on this before you sent that to me because I've. Uh, when it started, I actually, it's, it's actually been a, uh, not a common thing, but a thing that has happened that's been big news, but I think people just forget about it because it, 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 so anyway, before I answer, tell me why you brought it up. So there was a, um, podcast radio guy, let's say, who was, who, ta- who was talking, do you want me to mention it? I don't care. Just go, keep going. <laughs> yeah, I knew you were. <laughs> Anyways, so, uh, talking about, 
this trend because there's a lot of big names like Bruce Springsteen was run one right recently that sold his entire catalog. Bob Dylan, Bob Dylan, Nicks. for ungodly amounts of money. Um, and, Shakira and, and rifle Shakira too. I didn't see that. Well, Shakira's was for a different reason. We'll get into that. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Imagine Dragons. No way, really. Uh, yeah, they sold a, por- a portion of their catalog. Yep. Um, who's one of the other big ones? Uh, the dude. From, what is his name? The dude from Fleetwood Mac sold a large portion. Uh, Calvin Harris, the EDM guy, uh-huh. sold to one of the major. One of the major companies, whatever you want to call them, who have major investors backing them to purchase these catalogs. There's like two big dogs in the game right now. That's who Calvin Harris sold to. Well, see, this is more. This uh, makes it more interesting. Anyway, ahead, to me. Sorry. This makes it more interesting to me now too, because now we're talking about younger people who are doing it too. This isn't people at like the back end of the career of of touring and singing and stuff like that. We're talking about younger people who are doing it too. Yeah, so before we get into that, finish your point about the, the radio DJ saying this. So what did they say? So basically, he's saying that he doesn't like the this trend of them selling their entire catalogs because they think that, that basically the music industry is going down a path that they don't like. That- no, wait, hold on. Let me stop you. So the, 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 the radio personality believes this or he yes. believes that the artists believe this? No, he believes this. Got it. Yeah, um, he doesn't like this trend because instead of like basically it's 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 more beneficial to sell everything off and take the money and run versus letting it live out there for years and years to come in the music industry as it is now with streaming and getting away from all the what music music industry has been in the year past years yes you said a very important thing there streaming yeah so before I go on another <laughs> streaming rant, I can't imagine, is, I can't imagine who, you're gonna, who you're going to talk it, about. It's facts. It's, it's just factual. It's just changed the music industry. And the reason that these artists are selling their catalogs for large lump sums of money is because that lump sum of money right now up front is likely going to be more than depending upon royalty checks in the future and letting the music live out there in the musical stratosphere and getting paid off royalties. Right. Especially, well, look, for instance, Bob Dylan. He sold his catalog for $400 million. A large part of the reason he did that was to avoid a lot of the taxes he would have paid because of Joe Biden's tax plan. Really? You know, okay. He only had to pay 20% gain, capital gains on that $400 million. So he ended up going from what would have been, to, according to Joe Biden's tax plan, it would have been around 37% or whatever. Okay. So that's a difference of 60 to $85 million in taxes. That's nuts. Now, the reason that he did it is because Universal Music Group, I believe, the record the record company or the record, the recording group, didn't want one of these outside investment and investment-backed companies that just started whose sole purpose is to buy up catalogs. Universal Music Group still wanted to own the rights to that music and do what they want with it. So they said, no, 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 we're just going to outbid you. And it ended up being $400 million. Bob Dylan says, that's fine. Take the 60 million in taxes and I'm going to run with it. But also he's 80 years old. Yeah. But getting that money now sets he and his family up forever rather than waiting and seeing what happens. Exactly. Cause you're, cause if you're thinking about leaving it to your kids, is it better off to just sell everything off and take the lump sum of money and set everybody up now before, you know, the inevitable happens 
or if do you're you Bob leave, Dylan, or yes. do you leave it to your the estate to your kids and then let it do what it's going to do? And if they don't see a good trend happening, then it's better off to just get the money and run. And the the bad trend that you're speaking of is streaming. Streaming streaming services and streaming royalties have completely changed what was already a confusing and diluted concept of of, of royal pay, payout royalties or royalty payouts, I should say. It, it's made it even worse. It's made it more complicated. Uh, so yeah, I mean, if you're a guy, if you're in the position to have a life's work to sell, yeah, it's probably more beneficial just to do it. So, so let's get into these younger people who are doing it. You said Shakira, uh, Calvin Harris, and several okay, so younger Shakira people. Shakira had to do it because she owed the Spanish government millions and millions of dollars in back taxes. That's why she did it. Off of her music? From her? I wonder no, just, how that worked. No, no, no. She just owed taxes. So Jesus. she thought selling her catalog would be the quickest way to pay that back, which it probably was. I mean, well, yeah. And not in like that a uh, like a Will Smith situation. Didn't you ever hear that story about how his first several years of Fresh Prince, he had to use all that money to pay off taxes? Not surprising. Um, well, I mean, I say that, but I mean, you hear these stories all the time. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. But um, Calvin Harris, I don't know about, but Calvin Harris did sell to one of these comp- one of these two companies. Um, God, what are they called? Uh, let me look them up real quick. But so I, I don't, you know, the motivation for someone like a Calvin Harris or someone like uh, an Imagine Dragons, I think it really just depends on what's going on at the time. Now, the pandemic and not being able to tour freaked out a lot of artists. They said, well, if I can't make money off touring, which is where I'm getting a large chunk of my income, then I'm just going to go ahead and cash in while I can. Is that the motivation for those two people we just named? I don't know. Right. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. But it very well could be. Very well could be. And at, at the same time, take a band like Imagine Dragons. How much of their success, you know, having the hits that they've had, having the sort of mainstream success that they've had, we know for rock bands and call say what you want about them. They started as a rock band. I don't care what anyone says. Mm-hmm. Yes, they're a pop artist now, pop rock band now, but they were a rock band. Mm-hmm. For rock bands, they don't stay in the mainstream for very long anymore. Mm-hmm. Now, have they established enough to stay there? Meaning if they put out a record next year, will it have two or three songs that are considered mainstream crossover hits? Potentially. They're a good band. They're good at writing songs. They're good at writing hits. But you never know. But how the, the, how, do, the, how does it affect them to not own some of their music? Well, now they don't get royalty payouts anymore. So whatever percentage of that that was, they lose that royalty percentage. Okay. And there are several different ways to get royalty payouts. Okay. And, and it, I, we don't have enough time for me to get into it. I also don't understand it fully. It's been explained to me over and over. I've done my own research. But my, it's my, a very my, complicated process. But my question is like, how how the music is used like they don't do do they lose all of that too like if whoever owned whoever they sold that that catalog to that music can be used however they want that to be used now right imagine dragons doesn't have any control over that 
Correct. Okay. Correct. So that percentage of the catalog that was sold off, it's they now have all of the rights to it. The publishing, they can do it. They the, the distribution of it, they can do what they want. And then they receive those royalty payouts in the future. So that's from streaming, that's from syncing. So you know, having the music in commercials, video games, on television. That uh, the the neighboring the neighboring royalties on that percentage that they own. So like when when the song gets played globally, for instance, that's that's how that pays out. And again, it's a very fucking complicated process. It, it, I'm kind of curious if there's ever been a bad story about where somebody sold their catalog or sold some of their music and then it got used in a way that they didn't like the band didn't want that music to be used, like used for a certain movie or whatever, like uh, where there's been a backlash. I wonder if that's ever happened before. Uh, no, it has. It has. Um, no, I don't know the specifics behind it. it. Again, it all depends upon your like publishing deal and how, what, you know, what percentage of the publishing you own and, and, and you get royalties from, and it's, it is a complicated process. And I think like, but that's not something that the average music fan is even thinking about or worried about. They hear Bob Dylan sold his catalog for 400 million. They still have access to his catalog. So they go, Oh, good for Bob Dylan. Yeah. I mean, nothing's going to change as to how the the fans get the music. That's all going to stay the same, but they could though. Right. Couldn't they like, if mean? if they sold the catalog and then um, who bought the catalog just wanted to have it on one streaming service, say they wanted to only put it on Spotify, could they do that? Yes. So that could affect how listeners get their music. I don't, but see, well, it could, but I don't, well, Garth Brooks did that. He only put it on Amazon or whatever, right? You can, you, you know, like he's not even on iTunes, is he? I uh no. Is that still the case? Uh, yeah, I don't think so. I haven't looked in a long time, but I don't think so. Yeah, somebody else did that too. Uh, uh blah, 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 blah. well, I know like Pearl Jam did it, which was super odd at the time when they did do that. It's been so many years now, but you could only get their record at Target. I remember if I remember correctly, when they always fought against the corporate machine, you know. Yeah. So super bizarre for that to happen, but you know, they were at war with Ticketmaster for a while and for the, for, yeah. Um, I wonder if there's any band big enough that can be put on just one streaming service. I, mean, I know you, I know you said Garth Brooks has it did it, but would it be beneficial for the, whoever bought, buys the catalog to only put it on one streaming service? Like it would have to be one of those monster deals, like what a Joe Rogan just did for his podcast, right? Yeah. Um, well, to be honest with you, I think if, if, if an artist could do that, they would want to go with a non-interactive streaming service, meaning the listener cannot choose who they listen to. So what I mean by that is something like Pandora. Okay. Pandora is considered a non-interactive streaming service. Gotcha. You're still streaming music, but you choose a station and then it plays what it wants. You can skip Unless you have a subscription, then you can skip, you can skip, you can only skip so many times unless you have a subscription, but like it chooses for you. Right. So royalty payouts for a non-interactive streaming service is different than for like say Spotify, where you create your own playlist, you choose, you basically build your own musical universe within Spotify. 
obviously okay. the royalty payout is less for Spotify than for say a Pandora. Right. I'm kind of surprised Pandora's still around. I am too. It's like Pandora and iHeartRadio are both don't the, isn't iHeartRadio the same way? Uh, to be honest with you, I have no idea. I've never I, th- I think I've I think never... so. But I I just I'm surprised like you don't ever hear anybody say they listen to music on Pandora or I, I used to, like for a while when Pandora was big, I would hear people say, oh, like that they found new bands on Pandora or something like that more often, but I don't, I don't hear that. I don't hear Pandora or iHeartRadio anymore. Yeah. Very, like I, like I said to you, man, I've never had a single soul ask me, is your music on Pandora? I've never had a single soul ask me, is your music on iHeart? Is your music on Amazon? It's always Spotify. Maybe that's always. what, maybe that's what you're missing, dude. You just need to put your stuff just on Pandora and iHeartRadio and see what happens. Well, destined to fail <laughs> is what I would call that. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, I think, I think maybe the Rocky, music industry has spoken, sir. And maybe Rocky, that would be a bad news. Maybe Rocky, Rocky music is the the lifeblood that Pandora needs right now. Yeah. I'm sure I'll just be changing the music industry by doing that. That's what people are waiting for. Trust me. Um, I can't find the names of these two companies, man. Damn it. Okay. I'll keep looking. But so, um, and so back to the, the person who brought this up, they said they don't like this because they don't like the trend. They don't like the trend of, of, uh, these major artists selling every selling out, not selling out. Sorry. That's a bad term. But because of the current state of the musical industry, the music industry. Yeah. Yeah. Is it, is it fair to say that they sent, they think streaming is ruining the music industry? I mean, they they are on the same page as you are. I mean, that it's criminal that art you know artists are getting screwed royally. Have they used the word criminal? I don't know, but I'm but gonna... but the yeah, I don't know if the word criminal has been used, but I'm sure. Can I? You don't have to say the name, but is I'm going to go ahead and guess this person's in a band. Yes, for sure. Been in several over the years. Okay, I know who it is now. Um. Well, I agree with, I he is it. It's a he, obviously. Mm-hmm. I not obviously. Damn it, sexist. Um, <laughs> I agree with him. Yeah, I agree with him. Yeah. Um, now look, wait. You can't be mad at these older artists who want to do this. I, I don't see any problem with that. If you've been, if you, well, look. If you've worked hard enough and built enough of a catalog that someone wants to spend that amount of money on it, why wouldn't you? Well, you it's know? all it's also that music industry is a business and if you're you look at trends when you are a business owner and yeah. you make decisions yeah, yeah. Well, based on those trends and this is a ma- I mean, it's a major decision but you know, I I think a lot of artists push back on this too is that they don't want to give up the rights to their music. And it is most beneficial to you if you are not a Bob Dylan, not an Imagine Dragons, not one of these sort of artists that have cracked the mainstream. Well, Bob Dylan, forget about Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan's Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan's like his own thing. Yeah. Let's say like a, a fucking Stevie Nicks. I'll, I'll even throw, I'll throw Stevie Nicks in there. A Stevie Nicks or an Imagine Dragons. If you're someone who's more of a boutique or independent artist, you know, it's more beneficial for you to own all the rights to your music. That way you're not giving a payout to a label or to anyone else when you do get these royalties, right? You know, part of the way to make the most money from Spotify is completely own 
the masters of your music, not let somebody else own them. If somebody else owns them. You're fucked. Yeah. You know, who was it that said that, uh, and not just specifically about Spotify, but specifically about royalty. Oh, Everlast. Everlast is like, look, as a solo artist, I've always owned my music. No one else. He's like, I negotiated way in the beginning to be a majority owner of enough of a majority owner of my music to where the royalty checks a are still coming in and B are still lucrative enough for me to live off of. So he did it the right way. He probably learned a lesson being in house of pain. Cause I can only imagine that every time jump around gets played, there are a few people who are still getting good money from that. And then there are several people who are just shit out of luck. Yeah. I don't know that to be true. I'm just guessing. Yeah. I'm just guessing. Um, well, he I mean, said that you know, and, the, the, even even major artists, solo artists, bands, all these guys were, you know, in the beginning, they were small guys just looking for a record contract, too, I'm sure. Oh, of course. And a lot of, of them probably got screwed early on and learned lessons really early on that they don't, you know, to make sure they didn't make those again. Yeah. There's still people being screwed today. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, the two companies, uh, I have found it. It's so it's hip, hip, H I P G N O S I S hypnosis and primary wave. Those are the two big ones that are just like trying They're They're again, they're essentially two companies that are trying to purchase catalogs so that they can distribute and use them how they want. Uh, which is, to be honest with you is a smart business move. If you think about it, because if you think about it like this, Let's say something terrible happens uh, with our, uh, you know, there's a bad government decision made and, you know, the prices of oil go up, uh, the price of gold drops. You know, there's a major crisis with our economy. Something like that happens. There's, there is one thing that people are still going to want and will still want access to it, music. Mm -hmm. So having access to that and distributing it, and charging what you want for it and doing what you want with it is a really good business move. Um, Hypnosis is traded on the London Stock Exchange. Um, and they also were, get, were uh, apparently were funded by a big investment group in the beginning. Primary Wave is backed by institutional investors, including BlackRock, who place money into funds for the music company to spend. Uh, both firms have benefited from investors of all uh, stripes, noticing that the value of music assets are stable or even growing during a turbulent time for the markets. Thanks to everyone consistently streaming and buying records. That second one don't know so much about. I'd say streaming. Um, oh, okay. As Merc Mercuriatus, founder and CEO of Hypnosis, put it, if Donald Trump did something crazy, so this is an older article. If Donald Trump did something crazy, the price of gold and oil. Wow. Maybe this is the article I read a long time ago. The price of gold and oil are affected, whereas songs are not. So songs are always being consumed. In addition, borrowing money is particularly cheap right now due to historically low interest rates, which some experts believe will be here to stay until 2023 due to the fragile economic landscape created by the pandemic. So, yeah. So these two companies specifically were, will be the ones, and I believe the, the primary wave was the one who was trying to get the Bob Dylan music and Universal Music Group said, nah, we got it. We're going to own that music. 
Um, Cause let's be honest, you're going to hear our, our kids, grandkids are going to hear Bob, Dil- Bob Dylan songs yeah. in commercials and in ads. Right. You know what I mean? Right. It's just the way it is. But it's still, it's you know? still gotta be tough to be an artist to, you know, build your brand for 40, 50 years, 60 years. And, well, and now you, you don't even own it anymore. I mean, I know the money looks nice, but you don't even, you don't own what you've built for the past 50, 60 years. Correct. The, uh, that's the second way or one of the many ways of looking at it, yeah. you know? But again, when you're 80, you, those songs still are going to live. Mm-hmm. They're like timeless pieces of of history and of culture and, 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 you know, music. So, like, those songs are still there long after Bob Dylan's gone. You know, he, how much time does he have, have left to say, yeah, I own my, I'm the proud owner of my cat. Like, eh. You know? Um, yeah, it sucks. I mean, he does have a legacy, but I think his legacy is still intact. Yeah. His legacy is not hurt. Yeah. I don't think it hurt. I don't think it, anyone's legacy should be hurt because they decide to cash in. Right. It's and their, in, the long, in the long run, probably thinking about your family too, in this scenario, it's probably easier on them to just, here's the money versus, uh, here after I'm dead, deal with all of this royalty crap <laughs> to get, to get the money yeah, that I, you're, you deserve or you, you're owed. Well, it's not even just dealing with the royalty crap. It's dealing with the the number of of institutional, just the the level of institutional fuckery yeah. that they have to go through. Yeah, you know the amount of the fine print that they have to comb through to see you. It's ridiculous, dude. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's ridiculous. Like, if you Google right now, music royalties or how do music royalties work or something like that. I guarantee you one of the first things you're going to see is that this is complicated <laughs> or this, this, you know what I'm saying? Like you're yeah. going to see, you're going to see a long list of bullets with sub bullets that then have sub sub bullets of the way that these things work. Mm-hmm. And it's probably like for you, it's not going to make sense. And then for me, an artist who's trying to protect their financial destiny and their music, Right their their musical integrity it's likely going to make less sense because they're emotionally invested in the idea that they make money from their music right you know what i'm saying that's why you have good attorneys (laughs) yeah dude i like i said it's music industry has always been and always will be driven by the corporate the greedy corporate rat race you know it's a business it's the way it is never going to change so you don't do Uh, do you think there'll be a time where like these big corporate deals like amazon or apple or whoever just starts buying up like record labels to where they own all like own the music them really aren't many there really aren't any record labels left to buy there's not okay no there's like three there's the three majors and then you have all your independents still okay um you know, uh, maybe, I don't, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know. I don't have an answer for that. I don't have an answer for that because, uh, as someone who has sat down at a lot of independent record labels and, and dealt with the folks who built those labels from the ground up 
and are very proud of those labels and the music that they put out. That's why they're very particular about who they sign. Mm -hmm. They're very particular about what their bands do. I don't know that they would ever give in. Now, some would, but I don't know that they would, a uh, majority of them would ever give in to an Amazon or an Apple and say, yeah, you can just take the label, do what you want. I still get a chunk or whatever. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Independent labels by design or by definition were sort of built as, uh, as a, not a response, but as an alternative to the big label, the major label, yeah, yeah. the major label design, right. You know, for those artists who wanted to have sort of the DIY approach, right. Because those labels were built off of the DIY approach. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's very possible, man. Things yeah. have changed. I'm just, I'm so just thinking much. of like the grand scheme of things. Like everything seems like it's going to be bought up by these major companies. And I could, I like, I could just see how it would just be easier for those companies, for Amazon, just to own all of the music that it puts out, or Apple to own all of the music that it puts out, or right? Or does that not make any sense? Well, if, but the, that's 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 what I'm saying about how this gets complicated. Is yeah. that if you want to do that, that's fine. You can buy a record label, but then you have to buy their publishing, their distribution, which is all likely going through. A different source gotcha so now you have to think about purchasing those it, it, dude and i'm saying this and as i'm saying it in my brain i'm going i'm wrong about half of what i just said <laughs> but i'm right about the other half. you know and you're not sure which half um, is which <laughs> i'm not sure which half is right and which half is wrong but i know i'm right about a little bit of it so that's what i'm saying that's how fucking complicated this is but i'm also i'm not a businessman you know i'm not i wasn't a business major i've taken a few business classes and believe me when it comes to the music business, this shit is just, it's not, there's nothing cut and dry there. There, everything is, is through a distorted lens. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's like looking at the fucking, what's the, you know, uh, it's like looking through a microscope and you have to get it into focus. Yeah. Once you finally get it into focus, you're like, don't know what the fuck that is. You know, mm -hmm. uh, it can be explained to you. Now, do you trust the person explaining it to you? Are you actually going to read through the fine print? You know, right. Back in the day, there there were artists that yes, just would have signed a record deal. They wouldn't have worried about the business side of it. They just would have said, "Fine, I'll deal with it later." And that is the case. Uh, you know, I know bands that have signed terrible record deals with independent labels just because they wanted to be on a label. They wanted to just they basically just said, "Hey, label, we want to put out a record. We want to make a music video. We want to go on tour." Sure, we'll take radio play if you can get it, but that's what we want to do. Is that a smart way to go about it? Well, look, if you fucking don't care about the business and you just want to do it, you just want to, you know, grind it out on the road and, and, and be road dog. I don't know. It's all about the experience for some people, you know? Yeah. And if you were good enough to get a label's attention and they wanted to invest, then I always said go for it. You know, I heard about the horror stories with the record contracts after. Um, I don't know. I don't know how that I don't know how that works today. Look, I, let's say like you say like older artists. And I actually thought about this before we started. But like, yeah, I think it benefits Neil Young. Neil, Neil Young's another guy. Yeah, that's who right. sold, he sold like fucking his catalog has like eleven hundred songs or something like that. Just something insane. Mm -hmm. If you're him, 
If you're Bob Dylan, sure, do it. Why not? I mean, what, what? I guess what integrity is still left if you're those guys, or what need is there to have that sort of integrity to be like, I hold on to my the rights to my music until the day I die. You know? Yeah, I yeah I um, I, I get it. It's but what if? But here's an example. What if you're Slipknot? What if you're? I'm just trying to think of like bands who are successful, who really do have a cult following, who will have that following forever. Twenty years down the line, let's not even go that. Well, let's go twenty. Eh, how old are the guys? Let's go fifteen years down the line. Would it be beneficial for Slipknot to sell their catalog? I don't know. I also don't know who is the. I don't know. They have so many people that are involved in the. Well, I mean, I guess, I guess I guess it kind of depends on like their view as far as how long they think they're going to continue to do this. I mean, are they going to do this until they die? Is Corey Taylor going to scream until the day that he dies? I don't. I don't know. Well, so you're saying about performing, but their music could still perform. Right, but what I'm saying is like, do, if you're going to produce, you know, ten more records before you think your career is over with, do you want to sell what you have now and then still own the future records that you put out, or would it be beneficial to get your career for the most part done, all your recording done, and then sell it all at once? You know what I'm saying? I don't know. That's why I brought them up. I think they're an interesting. They're an interesting um, example to think about this. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Ultimately, I agree with the person that brought this up. I don't. I don't think it's a good sign necessarily. Um, I think it is a definite sign of the of where the music industry is going, and the music industry isn't going in a great direction. Yeah. That's also if you if you believe that's streaming is good or bad for the music industry. I, I tend to think that it's bad. Um, it's hard to think that if you have any sort of knowledge about it at all, that anyone thinks that streaming is good. Yeah. Like, I, 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 I don't think you're going to find an artist or a, a band that's going to tell you that, yes, Spotify, well, unless you are a huge band. That is making yeah. is you know like a Nickelback or somebody like that that is actually that is making millions and millions of dollars off of Spotify. You're not going to find many that are going to say that Spotify is a good thing. And even Nickelback will probably tell you we, that we should still be making a lot more than we are. I think everyone's just kind of come to terms with it, and they go, "Well, we're not depending upon that yeah. to 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 fuel our career." Yeah. You know, yeah. Especially for you know for a rock band, you're really you're trying. You're trying to get your money through touring and stuff like that. And a lot of times bands go out on tour and they come back in the red. It's really hard to, to make money off that. Right. It can, can it be done? Sure. Absolutely. But then you got to take into account all this other stuff. I, I watched an interesting video. I don't know. I don't remember the guy's name, but he has a YouTube channel and he's an older guy. And he does, he sort of does like Finn McKinty where he answers these sort of music industry type questions and you know i think the title of the video was who wants to be in a band anymore or something like that and he, he you know he brought up a good point if you think about it if you're in a band and you're trying to be a successful band you're likely going to want to move to a major city well, what are those major cities where you'll likely want to go where you're garnering the most attention you're getting the most out of it 
New York City, Los Angeles, Seattle. And is well, the, and is that just based off of playing venues in those cities? Venues, the people talking, the industry folks, that's where they are. They're okay. not in St. Louis. Right. They're not in Cincinnati. Right. They're not in fucking Orlando, right? Yeah. I'm trying to think of like other cities where I know bands have come from have been successful. So like they're not in Columbus. They're not in fucking uh, you know, so like yeah. or well, let's even throw like a Nashville out there or Austin, right? Cities where you would go where if you're a musician, you want to get the most attention. You want people to to know who you are. Mm-hmm. Well, how expensive is it to live in those cities? Right. You know? So, you're, you're a band. You already have to pay rent to live. Well, if music is your sole source of income, Jesus Christ, you live in Seattle, you live in Los Angeles, you live in New York City. That's a nut. You got to pay a nut right? You don't have it. You don't have it just from music, right? Oh, but by the way, you want to be in a band, you want to have a rehearsal space. Oh, here was the, so the sole motivation behind this was, is bands are just doing everything on computers now. They're really not even like, they're not even like, the, the whole idea of like getting a rehearsal space and jamming as a band doesn't even necessarily exist to its fullest, to the fullest extent anymore. And so this guy was saying, well, like, all right, cool. You're a band. You live in Seattle. You got to pay rent for a place to live. Now you want to rehearse. You got to find, because you're likely in the apartment you live in is 500 square feet. Mm-hmm. You can't rehearse there. The neighbors will complain. So now you got to go pay Seattle prices for a rehearsal space. How can a 22-year-old, forget about their age, but how can he use 22, I believe, but how can a 22, 23-year-old afford to pay for all of this? You know the the first yeah. time the first time that this scenario ever clicked with me. I mean, I've heard I heard about it before, of course, because you hear the stories. But the first time it ever really clicked to me was I guess it was two years ago. We went to Nashville, um, yeah, and we actually went to the smoke. We went to the Smokies and we stopped in Nashville on the way back. Well, the hotel we stayed in had this big restaurant bar connected to it. So one night we went down there to eat and. There was uh, a couple of solo artists that got up and were playing music and stuff on the stage at the restaurant and everything during it, and then realize, and then later on that night, I found out that a couple of the solo artists that were up there singing worked at that restaurant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like you know, if you're lucky enough, I guess, I guess you can consider it lucky enough to get in a scenario like that where you can move to Nashville and get a little bit of exposure by playing at a place that you work at also so you have the job and then maybe even get uh you know the a little bit of pay from playing music also in a city like that maybe that maybe that works but i don't know how often people are able to do that i feel like nashville is really the only place where that could work really okay and like people wouldn't judge you for it if that makes sense Nashville's like the land of like singer songwriters and and things like that. So it's like this person's grinding, they're going to, but also they're, I don't know. I just don't see that working. And uh, I guess it, I mean, I don't know that again, that could happen anywhere. Forget what I said. I don't know. It just feels, it feels very specific to Nashville. Okay. Um, I don't know, but um, no, you're right. You know, but that's what this dude, I could look it up, but I don't, you know, See if I can find it. But the, so that's what this dude was. He was essentially defending the bands and the artists that kind of do everything via computers, do everything via, you know, digitally. 
and not really having to depend on the whole sort of traditional what we know it as the band concept where the band gets together they jam they write together like they no they're doing everything at home in front of their computer not all in the same room they're bouncing ideas that way so he's sort of defending that idea because it's just really hard to in the traditional sense be a band anymore and i and uh you know i think there's a, a large part of me that agrees with him and i think there's a, a part of me that disagrees with him um i don't know but i think he's i think for the most part could you can do you think you could do that I mean, I don't think you've What's ever, that? you haven't been a part of a band doing that, right? No, not, I mean, no. But I mean, uh, could, could you see yourself no. being in a band where you guys don't really get together that often and it's mainly, if you're recording an album, you guys are kind of all doing your own parts and then it all being put together, you know, at the end? Like, can you see yourself doing that or? Um, sure. But if there ever was a good time to do it, probably now would be the best time being a dad and. It's, it, well, that's true. It, and, I have, and, to, I, have know, to, like, I have to imagine it takes a lot away from the process, though, right? Because I know like a lot of friends that we have who are in bands who you know have recorded recently, and they say that some of the best times of their life is actually being in there writing together with the band and stuff like that. Well, I think recording doesn't change. Like you're still getting together, and, and some people don't even do it that way, you know. But I. I think what this guy was specifically saying is that just the the concept of of constantly being in one space to create and to sort of produce what is considered to be the band's music that they then you know shop to the rest of the world. It's kind of it's changed, you know. Well, I mean, right. I, I think I think more about like uh, say a band puts out a single and that single has another big artist on there. More than likely that artist didn't fly there for them to record in studio with them, right? More than likely they did it on their own and then, you know, mashed it all together at the end. It's very possible. Yes. And that does happen often. Yeah. But that behind the scenes process, you know, no one really, again, like the normal person, the fan, whatever, they don't really, pay attention to that, you know? Right. And that that's kind of what I, I, I'm interested in that kind of stuff. And that's why I like the podcast so much is in talking to you about this stuff. Cause you've been in a lot of those situations. Uh, but I may, I don't know that if, if I'm on my own there about being interested in that kind of stuff, but I am interested in the behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. I mean, one of the last projects I was a part of, I mean, we released an EP and I mean, I wasn't there for, a large part of it, which was the music and the creation of that. They would send it to me after it was done for that day. I'd listen to it. Now the intent was for me to, cause they recorded in Los Angeles and I was here. You now, flew out there a couple of times the intent, though, didn't you? What's that? You flew out there a couple of times though, didn't you? Uh, well for that project. Yeah. So, but what I'm saying, here's what my point to that. So okay. what I'm saying is, is they could have sent it to me in its finished version, the music, and I could have recorded it somewhere here. Right my vocals yeah but the intent was to live the la experience go out to la and record the vocals and so when i recorded the vocals you know the band wasn't there i was by myself just me and the producer okay uh which probably was the a, a good thing <laughs> um looking back on it, i mean uh, you know that i've been in well it, it doesn't matter but yeah i mean so in a way 
in the you know we put out that record and recorded that record in 2018 i guess in 2000 spots be 2022 in 2022 it would be more common what this guy is saying or more beneficial save the money on the flight out to los angeles save the money that you're going to spend out in los angeles to live out there for the week and a half you're out there record it at home you know but they're all different working there. There are many different, like sort of working, moving parts to that. So um, it's interesting to think about. I mean, and for this guy to sort of be an older guy and, and think this way, I, that's also what I found interesting. I can't find the fucking video. Um, <laughs> oh, here it is. Glenn Fricker is the guy's name. Okay. Is the rock band dead? Is desktop metal the future? Um, so that's, that's the dude. Um and maybe that was Finn McKenty's reaction to his video. But anyway, that's the guy's name. If you want to check it out, you or whoever else is listening. I mean, in, um, in, in the big picture, it makes sense, right? That it, things have gotten so much easier to be able to do things like that, that it should make music make, it should make making music easier to do. It is. I mean, a pers- uh, an artist could make a song on their phone. Now, right now. now, you know, artists from the past who have been around way longer than this stuff has been around may shy away from that completely and say, no, we absolutely want to be in the studio at the same time recording all this. And I, could, I can see that too. Yeah, I think that's an old school mentality at this point. Yeah. I mean, uh, bands aren't even having, they don't even have amps on stage anymore. Really? You know? No. And we know, you know, a band that will, you know, they're, 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 I'm not going to say who they are, but you'll, I guess the next time you see them live, you'll see this, but they're, they're, they've bought into this idea where there's sort of everything's dialed into the sound, the soundboard, and that's where everything's manufactured, if you will. Um, Interesting. It's easier because everybody has in ears, everybody's sort of dialed into the same thing. Easier in a sense that if this is the what you know how to do now, it is much easier. Yeah. Um, yeah, you'll see. They just, they just, and you've probably seen them post about it and you just didn't pay attention to that being like sort of the, the main concept of why they were posting about it. Okay. But you'll, you'll know who it is. Okay. If you think about it hard enough. But yeah, that's, that's even, uh, I think the main point of this entire conversation is that we just need to accept the fact that. Music industry has changed. It's going to keep changing. Suck it up. Okay. So what is, as much that, as, as do, well, do you let me just do, say this? Do you let understand? Me, me do, you, do you understand how hilarious what, what you just said is coming know, from out of your mouth? Because know, know. you say you said that statement knowing damn well that you're still going to complain every episode about this. One hundred percent. We just need to, reason, we need to accept what I can't accept. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I hate this cliche, but it is what it is. Um, and I'm sure you've seen, you know, you follow the social medias, but like I, I told you off the podcast about, you know, I got kind of like I did more research into, you know, the getting getting on playlists and things like things like that on Spotify. Mm-hmm. And I, you've seen on social media some of the methods that are out there. And I even, you know, told you off the podcast about some of the things that I was able to find out. Um, 
I just think it is the way it's the way it is. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to, you know, and I thought more about buying the streams and stuff like that, about what the, the person you said said about it. And I'm kind of like, I feel like before I can really build a fundamental idea or ideals about that, I need to know more about Spotify. I've just avoided it in like how it works mm-hmm. and like how as a listener, how it works for you. I've just avoided it for so long um, to really like form like an opinion I would really stick to on that. You know, I don't know. I don't know what's beneficial anymore. <laughs> I'm just doing it to do it. Yeah. You right. know, yeah. I, I, the, you know, at this point, I, I'm I'm killing time when I have time to kill. You know, um, I put out music for me, put out music that I like. I would never put out anything that I didn't like. You know, mm-hmm. um, if people like it, outstanding. So when I do things like try to get, you know, onto a playlist or put out a video like I just did or post something on social media, just killing time, man. People see it, they see it. If they tell their friends about it, they tell their friends about it, you know? Yeah. Um, well, while you're talking about that, go ahead and plug it, the new video. Oh, no, I don't want to. You have um, to. You have to. Come on. You already talked about it. One short one short little plug. Uh, I have a single out. <laughs> just came out the beginning of November. It's called After All. I did just release a music video for it. You can find it on YouTube. The song is called After All the band or me rocky rocky check it out um but um what was i gonna say uh, uh, uh so like i was texting with you yesterday about something that was happening on my so one of my social medias for that musical project mm-hmm. if you recall i don't yeah. want to say exactly what it was yeah and i was texting with another person about it and i just said man i'm a dad who's putting out music you know, I'm on social media, releasing videos to kill time. Surely people don't think that I think that I'm better than anyone. Hopefully they don't think that. Is it enough? Is there an instance? Hang on. Is there an instance that has happened that is making you say this? Do you remember what I was texting you about yesterday? I don't, maybe not. I thought we were talking. I don't talk- want to talk about it on the podcast, but so. <sighs> okay. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Never mind. Yes, I do remember. I remember. Okay. 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 Yes, yes. So, like, my my whole thing is this. So, like, you know, again, I'm just trying to stay busy on the the music project's social media pages. So, I do one-minute videos where I talk into the camera about something. A while back, I did a video about bands from St. Louis that are my favorites. Uh, Let's put quotes on that. You know, in that video, I named bands that I thought were important to St. Louis and then named some of my favorites. Much to my surprise online, I had a lot of people giving me shit about it. Yeah. Like, you know, you forgot some. And oh, by the way, none of those bands are bands anymore. Like, fuckhead, I wasn't doing it to be a jerk. I'm just trying to tell you, like, I'm trying to tell the person that might not know about these artists to check them out. Yeah. Did I miss some? Of course. You know, so I was like, you know what? And I and that happened a while ago. And I even told you about it. So I was like, yeah, I'm just going to do a follow-up. I kind of waited for the right time. And I just did a part two, and I just named more bands from the area, right? 
that I thought people should check out. And then I started getting comments and, and, and messages again, like, I'm just like, dude, like, I'm not doing this to say anyone is better than anyone well, else. See, see here, here, I'm certainly not doing it to think like, what do you, what do you think the end game is for me to put out a minute long video talking about someone else? But see that, yeah, that I'm that's trying a, to market myself, but like what you're doing to kill time is constructive. And what they're doing to kill time is get on and bash people for doing what they're doing. That's why you're a yeah. happier person. I guess. <laughs> I don't sound happy. Um, but like, I, I'm not... So my, my one of the comments that I made to the other person that I was texting about, texting with yesterday about this was, I'm a fucking dad who makes videos in his spare time. Yeah. Like, how cool can I possibly be? How cool can I possibly think I am? You know and, what I'm hey, saying? And listen I'm not saying it's not cool to be a dad and be a, a musician or an artist, but I'm saying like the, fu- the funny I thing. Also, <laughs> the funny ahead. thing is, listen, is that you're saying you're a dad putting out music on your own time, and you are that music video that you put out is ultimate dad. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's awesome, and I think it turned out awesome. But it's like ultimate dad. <laughs> well, look, I could. Uh, I'm glad you said that. So, like. And I had people, uh, you troll it in a way that like left negative comments about it. And I'm like, I understand that that's going to happen and there's nothing I can do to change it. And I'm not going to delete them. I'm not going to, I'm not going to go back and forth with them. But like as a human being, like that video, and I won't give too, well, fuck it. I, I, you don't watch it, but I, this song's about my son. Yeah. So the music video, it really is just about me and my son. That's all it is, you know? I fucking love the kid. Like I'm doing everything now in my life for him. Yeah. You know, the music in a sense is for him. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a little bit of profit to be made there. That all is for him. You know, it doesn't. So like, how as a human being, could you see that and go, fuck this douchebag fucking thinks he's cool. Like what? I would never see a video like that and go, God, what a, what a what a what a turd like oh he loves his son what an asshole he's using music to exploit his love for his son what a fucking dickhead like i wouldn't and then to comment and then to comment it's like god you are scum of the earth some of you like this is ultimately ultimately saying you just hate trolls and trolls are ridiculous well i just don't know how you could troll a guy who I, I just the 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 whole I don't know I get it man like <clears throat> I don't know I don't know yeah I I don't know it's it's just this has always been funny to me like I'm sure I come off like a douchebag to a lot of people well you don't and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna mention one small thing that we talk about when like in texting off the show but there's been a few times where we've talked about like our show and stuff and uh, listenership or video or viewers that we're getting on YouTube or whatever. And, you know, there's been times where you're like, I, I don't want those types of people watching my stuff or listening to my oh, stuff, yeah. listening to my content. And I, I told you the other day, I was like, you know, you've, you can't find a middle ground between this. Like you're going to get people, if you like, you want people to watch your content, but you only want certain types of people to watch your content. And if that's the case, you're never going to be successful. You just have to accept the good with the bad. I have to embrace shitheads into my life. You do. 
But I think you make it fun a lot. So that's that's a one plus. You what can, did you, you say? I make, I make it fun? Yeah, like you complain about it, but it's fun all... for you. It's all... <laughs> I'm sorry, did I not say fun for me? Sorry. <laughs> yeah, not fun for me. <laughs> it's fine. I understand it comes with the territory. Um, you know, I think it, it just... It's, uh, it's a little more bothersome when it's, it's a song and music video about your year and a half old son. You know? Yeah. It's like, come on. Yeah. It's almost I don't know, it is what it is. Like it's not a fucking Steel Panther video for fuck's sake. And I'm I'm saying that out of respect. I like Steel Panther. But it'd be easy to look at those guys and go, oh my God. What? They're 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 flamboyant. They're they're out there. They want the attention. Like that video wasn't about you know grabbing attention. So I uh, just you're a you truly you're truly a shithead. If you troll something like that, that's just my opinion. Yeah, I agree. But I agree. I don't know. Well, before we get out of here, I do want to mention, I mentioned to you the Please. other day, um, if we, if there's one show that I think we should link up a go-to next year in 2022, I really want to go to that Eve 6 show. I think that'd be fun as hell. Where is that? And it's at Pops. Hmm. Where it all started, huh? Yeah. I don't think me, have you, me and you... Uh, I think we've only been to like one show and it wasn't actually like we didn't go together. We were just there separately. At Pops is what you're saying? No, I don't think me and you've ever been at the same show at Pops. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We went to the, the what was the, the Amalung show. Oh, that, that's right. That's the did. one you're talking about? No, that's not. I was, I was thinking about thinking about uh, inimical at Red Flag. But oh, yeah. we were, okay. we didn't go together. But maybe so maybe only like two shows. Yeah, crazy. Uh, Eve six. When is that? I have to relook at it. It's Marchish, I think. Well, hopefully I'm allowed out of my house by March. Well, we'll see. I mean, it is the east side, so yeah. <laughs> do you follow Pops on social media? I do. Do you really? Do you follow them on Instagram? Uh, I don't know. I follow them on Facebook. I don't know about Instagram. Why? Do they post like nightlife photos on Facebook? Sometimes. Like sort of promoting it as like a dance club? Sometimes. Like really late night? Uh-huh. Yeah. It's uh-huh. <laughs> funny to me. Um, <laughs> but um, what was I going to say? Yeah, I don't know. I-, I would love to go to that. What was that? There was that festival that you – didn't you send me a photo of some festival where like the lineup is just in – Sane, or did I send it to you? Maybe I don't remember, dude. There's so many. I know it's it's hard to keep track anymore. It's in May. I do know that it's in May, and it's in Texas. I want to say. Either way, I'll look it up and send it to you later. We can okay. talk about it on the next show. Yeah, I don't know. Hopefully, I'm allowed out of the. There's just so many unknowns right now, man. I hate it. I hate it, and it's really just a matter of having a child and having those unknowns. That's really what I hate, mm-hmm. and that's really what's the motivation behind not seeing people on Christmas and, and sort of being going like going like, Oh shit. I mean, we should stay in for a while. I, I I know there's nothing that you can do, but, uh, just because it is what it is, but do you guys have any nerves about, uh, like your wife coming home from dealing with COVID patients and stuff? Do you guys still have any nerves about your son and stuff? It's got to suck. Yeah. Well, that's other reason. Like, responsibly the fact that she's had so many COVID patients and had to do that, 
going around older family members mm-hmm. just to have the traditional Christmas. Uh, could we do it? Yeah. But might not be the best idea. Yeah. So you got to worry about it enough, her bringing it home to myself and my son and then taking it out. I don't know. Uh, we're, I mean, you know. we're, we're just in the same kind of scenario. Like my, my wife, um, in, in what she does, she is around some people and here lately people are dro- kind of dropping like flies. And, uh, so like she'll come home and still wear a mask around the house and stuff like that, even though she doesn't really feel any symptoms or anything like that, but she's just worried, especially having a newborn that, you know, yeah. it's, it's just yeah, a man. little nerve wracking, man. It's, it's look, I, 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 when we decided to stay home again this Christmas, I was texting with a few people and, you know, I was, I was essentially saying a lot of what I've said before on the show and a lot of what I've said to you away from the show. And it's like, look, I have my own theories, call them conspiracy theories. I have my own opinions, but guess what? That's all they are. Yeah. It's all they are. There's nothing factual about them. And I just keep, I should just keep them to my fucking self. None of us know. That's mm-hmm. the thing. None of us fucking know. I'm in the fortunate position to at least be surrounded by or live with someone who deals with it. Right. On a level that most people can't even comprehend. Believe me. I don't care how many fucking scientists and doctors Joe Rogan has on his show. You know? So... I'm not going to be arrogant enough to like say that my opinions or my conspiracy theories or my independent research is that important that the rest of the world needs to hear it. You know? Yeah. I, I, I'll get a random text message from you on like a Thursday afternoon or something that has to do with, with that. And I'm like, well, Patrick just ruined my day. <laughs> what, wait, <laughs> just what brought me about? down. <laughs> just any, like a scenario that your wife may have had to go through, uh, you know, yeah. or something like that. And then, you know, just get a random message about what, what just happened. And I'm like, oh man. Well, let me, let me ask you this. So some of the, some of it is a bummer. And, but I've also like sent you different pieces of information about her and her having to deal with this shit. I mean, Certainly you don't think I'm lying about any of that, right? No, I don't. Like what position, what, what, what does it matter that I fabricate any of that? So like, right. Or why would I, I guess is my point. I have no reason to. So given that said with a lot of what I'm telling you, I think it's safe to say, safe to say that we should probably take some of this shit seriously. Right. And by this shit, I mean COVID and you know, how we, how reactionary we are not to what we're seeing in the news, but to what we're hearing from our friends and family. Mm-hmm. Right. So what I'm saying is, is I didn't, you know, I'm not depending upon the news to know whether I should stay home or not. I'm, de- I'm depending it. I'm, I'm really basing that on 12 fucking people in my family getting COVID. Well, so we, we said that, but is any, are any of them like really having effects from it or is it mostly just sniffles or no no everybody's good it's, okay it's what we've known covid to for the majority be okay that uh, to me that's irrelevant though okay because again i have a year and a half old to worry about and there are too many unknowns around what happens if he gets it 
We don't know. Right. So anyway, um, so here we are. E6, I'll go if I can, if I can leave the house. I, it'll be okay. I'm sure we'll be fine. Yeah. Um, so one last thing I want to say before we get out of here. Um, and it's, gonna, it's, 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 no, it's a really, it's a really big downer, but, um, you know, Will Compton, right? Um, he has the bussing with the boys podcast, but he's also, he just signed with the Raiders. He was a free agent for a long time. He okay. was with Tennessee. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Tennessee for a long time. Anyways, his mom just passed away last week uh-huh. suddenly, like right before Christmas. And he has a, uh, baby on the way and stuff too, which is his first one and all that. He just signed with the Raiders. I think he played one game and then he had to fly home for his mom's yeah, uh, yeah. and all that. But like he, he literally grew up right down the road from me. He's oh, like, really? he, yeah, he's down here in the, from the sticks. So, uh, and I have really close friends that are really close friends with his family and stuff and have known him forever. So just want to, uh, acknowledge their family right now. Cause it, like I said, he's yeah. right down the road from here is where he grew up and he's, uh, doing big things, but this is a big downer. So. So you were saying she died suddenly of what? From what I've been told, it was a blood clot situation. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I haven't been, I haven't dug that far into it. It's one of those things. Like I have people I can talk to about it, but I don't really want to because they're, it's, it's really rough for them. So the less I, the less I bring it up, the better. So. Yeah. Well, shit. Uh, positive vibes. Absolutely. He and his family, for sure. Absolutely. All right, well, you got anything else? You want to get out of here? Uh, fuck Jake Paul. That's all. <laughs> we all right. can get into that later. All right. <laughs>